0: Good afternoon, good evening, depending where you are. Uh, good morning to our friend, Buddy Ed, back in Rome. I think it's the new Papa Roma. So we want to welcome you back to another edition, fresh for the year 2023, the Mana Agile Conversations. Um, much apologies that we've not been able to follow through from last year, November, I think. Uh, we had an intention to begin as early as February this year, but there's been so much moving parts and uh, we've not been able to convene, but Mungu Ninani, here we are, better late than never, and uh, we hope that this is going to be one of the many podcasts we're going to do during the year to educate, to empower, to equip. So once again, this is your host, Jobotiano, an Agile practitioner, over to you.
1: Uh, thanks, Job. So this is Richard Magu, your Rogue Project project Manager. <laughs> I don't know what else Rogue to Rogue
0: Project Manager. Yes. So you're part of the Rogue Nation. Yes. Um, so as we begin, I think um, one of the key things that we really wanted to do is to have a look at how far the year has come and maybe how far the year needs to go or has to go when it comes to the Agile journey. And um, one of the things that I really wanted to look at is... Um, What are companies or what's the industry really really doing when it comes to agility? So far, there's been a lot of talk. Um, We've been talking about AI technology and know how AI is impacting, you know, different industries, be it finance, be it... Uh, insurance. So there's a lot of talk of chat GPT, how it's taking over, how it's um, disrupting the education sector, how the education sector is trying to align and accommodate AI as a tool and as a capability. But what hasn't really uh, gone through under the bridge is how then was the team able to iterate um, I think sometimes it's easy to recognize with success, right? So right now we see ChatGPT as, you know, uh, a fully scaled uh, product. Um, I don't know how to refer it. It's not, it's not even an MVP. It's not even a minimum sellable product, but it's something that's making it of use to users. And I'm thinking maybe at some particular level, it's earning money for not only the organization, but also for Microsoft as the investor. But there has been a journey. There have been moments moment of pivoting, you know, learning. And that is what we want to look at and how far the industry has come. Maybe let's look at locally, Uh, Richie. What has been happening in the industry when it comes to agile talk and conversations? Well,
1: they uh, uh, carried over from last year with a bit of apprehension. Uh, I guess on account of uh, the elections we had, plus plus, the the economic challenges that are being faced globally, I think everyone is aware of that. Uh, So I guess the organizations just had to tighten the belt. At least this is my observation with regards to how they spend. They had to be less, less, how would I say, they would be more conservative in how they would spend as a result this trickled into agile ways of working. So the, the idea is just to get more value out sooner than later, uh, as opposed to 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 trying to throw some money at a problem or trying to uh, sort out issues probably using traditional methods and trying and hoping for the best. So I I'd say it's agile by by force or by demand on account of the circumstances organizations are finding themselves in and uh people are then uh, it's leading to some some growth in adoption of, of agile and agile ways of working
0: i think for me one thing that i've seen uh happening within the industry is the shifting mindset um today there's a lot of and we saw a lot of that last year and uh, i have seen the crossover into 2023 there's really high demand for um agile skills and uh Competencies and there's been a lot of such talent search for scrum masters, agile coach, uh, uh, what you'll call the tribe leads, what you call product owners, and depending on the organization, um, you find that again certain titles are beginning to take shape, and certain, um, certain, certain, uh, how do you call it? Certain terminologies are starting to come into place, and that has seen demand for talent that can actually help organizations to, you know, to turn the tides uh, as it is right now. Um, so, for example, um, there's still a lot of hunger in how to change and, uh, you know, direct an organization to that point where it will be able to deliver value. And I think locally, an organization that has really... Um, attained success in terms of, you know, shifting how product is delivered to the market and, you know, shifting the focus to value delivery where the customer is at the center and not forgetting the people who build the product themselves. I think it's how they've been doing it. And I think one of the latest products, uh, if you saw the My County app and from, if what I read uh, from the social media pages is true, um, the the whole go-to market from idea, whiteboard to, you know, from idea to market took less than three months. And to be honest, to be able to to build and, you know, deploy such a product that is able to make sense to users, then it means that there's a different shift in how people think. And I think so by doing so, we now start seeing in reality when you talk about Uh, MVP, minimum viable product. When you talk about MMP, minimum marketable product, MSP, minimum sellable product, FRP, fast releasable product. So you can actually now attach a meaning to that particular terminology. And organizations are starting to ask themselves, what does it take to move to, to, to ship out an MVP? And how does an MVP different from a minimum sellable product. And, you know, that gap in the knowledge is what, and you can see the hunger for them to try and equip themselves to be able to have all the information that they need to be able to get there. So it's a journey, as you can see. Uh, There's never really a target, but there's actually a shift in the industry. Even if you look at the banking sector, I'm seeing a lot of banks shifting or changing how they build technology, not really build. In fact, right now, they're not really, it's not about building technology, but how to put products out there into the hands of the customer. So banking as I think, and this is something that, um, the legend himself, James Mwangi Daktari, you know, so more than a decade ago, and it was like, you know, uh, bank, banking is not, um, somewhere you go, right? A bank is not somewhere you go, but it's something you do. And, You can actually see um, that shift where the bank is trying to immerse itself into the payment ecosystem to be able to capture every value transaction, be it when you are shopping online, be it when you are having your Java, be it when you are out there uh, kayaking, you know, uh, zip lining. So they really want to build and change, to build something that is actually... A consumer can identify with not really as a place where they go to bank their money but something that is actually a lifestyle to them and to be able to do that the way they build the product and how they ship it out to the customers changed shifted and now it's no longer about you know um, are we on time are we on budget right are we on scope so it's something different and by way, we have someone who's walking into the studio
2: Okay then, so I am here. My name is Dennis, Dennis Moengi, Agile enthusiast coming in to chime in on the topic. So that's me.
0: Maybe as you come in, um, what's been your outlook and maybe your prediction of Agile into twenty twenty three? Outlook as you came in twenty twenty three and um, you know, prediction as we
2: head out of twenty twenty three. So it it ideally depends on um, a lot of aspects. So when coming in into 2023, my thinking was uh, we're going to have a lot of companies on board in regards to them jumping into Agile. So at least that's actually happening. Then a prediction further into 2023 is we will still have more companies jumping in. But the problem is the understanding of Agile will not be... As need be because we've had companies who are starting off others have been in the business for the longest time ever thinking they understand agile but in actual sense they don't so i would say a lot of half and half in the sense of a lot of guys will be joining and a lot of people will be learning this year richie
1: oh what my predictions are
2: no you want to
0: add on to that Oh,
1: uh, <laughs> I think uh, there'll be a lot of enlightenment. Okay, At least what I've also observed is uh, people will learn better ways of doing things. And I think that's at the, at the core of it what Agile should drive to, especially with inspection and adaptation, um, that there is not just one way of doing Agile. So there, you basically just need to hack it, if I can use that term, to make it work for you and improve on it so what is being done probably even in a multinational uh, in a subsidiary say in North America may not work very well in sub-saharan Africa so what you do is you try and hack the the approach of course with the with the same spirit in mind to make it work for you in your in your local
0: context yeah and I think maybe um I think one of the biggest challenges we go into 2020 anyway we're ready Uh, almost into the half of 2023. I think um, a challenge that is going to be there is how to quickly, you know, uh, flatten the curve, the learning curve. Because uh, when you look at the industry locally and even globally, there is very little time to, you know, to learn. And right now, where the economy is globally, You want to be relevant as much as possible every single day. And you just have to find a way to get into the deep end. There's no time to, you know, go through the baby pool, shallow end. So I think everybody's diving into the deep end. And that is where I'm now talking about uh, how that knowledge can quickly... uh, move through the organization. And while it's going to, I think it's going to be very painful because um, when you look at uh, corporate organizations, um, of course, bottom line still matters, right? So for them, they want to see the value immediately. And that is a reality I think that we'll have to grapple with. And that means that uh, for whoever is coming in, they have very limited time to be able to skill up and get to know what needs to be done. I think that's my outlook. I don't know if anybody has uh, a point to add before we go to the next session.
2: So mine is not an outlook, but hope. I really pray hope that the leaders we have in these many organizations, having that many people are jumping from one organization to the other, have the top-down approach where you as a leader, with you many, many years of experience, talking about 20, 30, 40 years of experience, just listen to the experts that you bring in because <clears throat> it, it it has reached to a point where a company says it's agile, it wants to be agile, it starts being agile, but the leadership kills the agility. And I've seen in other organizations where the top-down approach has started working. And when I say top-down, I don't mean from the CEO <laughs> to level one. Then after that, it jumps level two, then goes to level three and four, you know, the whole, um, whole top-down approach. It should be from the CEO going down, you know, in d- on different levels. I've pushed for certain organizations where uh, the CEO has, like, daily stand-ups with uh, the level one, you know. The level one have also daily stand-ups or maybe a retrospective, you know, with their level two and so on and so on and so on. Because I've seen in certain organizations, the CEO or the guys in leadership or the guys in, uh, in the board of directors speak agile, they live agile. But the problem is cascading that one down, it sort of it kills everything. Then now you start getting mediocre agile from uh, the guys in the middle. Because remember, the guys at the bottom will listen to whoever or whichever expert that comes in But the guys in the middle, I sort of feel in most organizations, they are the problem. But uh, yes, something to unpack.
1: But but, uh, at the heart of it, that's actually where the problem is with Agile and its adoption, which is the transition from mindset to actual practice. And uh, let's be candid, it requires a lot of courage. For Especially if you have to move from a situation where you probably had low psychological safety or none at all to one where there is a medium to high levels of psychological safety, which is where Agile thrives, it requires a lot of courage because people need to basically demonstrate that they are vulnerable. Now, the question at the back of everyone's mind is if I demonstrate I'm, I'm vulnerable, does that mean that I'm, I'm not valuable? And uh, as a result of that, it is easier to basically hide your vulnerability, so that you can still stay v- valuable and uh, prove basically stay in the organization and get the benefits that are there. So you'll stifle for larger. You may accept it, maybe even agree with the ideas that, that it basically uh, puts forth, but you at at your heart of hearts, it's it's not something you'll embrace entirely because uh, you you have a different agenda. And so, if you ask me, the, the 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 job of the the highest form of leadership is to try and get this uh, situation resolved, uh, so, so create an environment in which people adopt it. And it's not "warm, uh, bam, thank you, mom, Something that happens overnight. It's something that would take time. And depending on the context, the organisation, heck, even the changes in the in the business environment. Mm-hmm. You may need to adapt accordingly. So, if you ask me, it's one more dial that uh, the poor CEO has to put on his dashboard now, to basically check the agile temperature in the organization and see where interventions are necessary to facilitate its 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 good adoption.
0: I think when now you talk about leadership, and um, I just want to be optimistic. Uh, I'm, a, I'm one fellow is optimist all the time. Um, so I think when you talk about leadership, I think this leadership is starting to recognize that you know it has a role to play for agile to actually take root within the organization. Because I think uh, the reason why organizations are struggling is because the roots haven't really taken uh, place, so the the tree isn't standing in place. So they, I think there is a recognition that leadership, there is a path that leadership has to take. And yes, if you look at some of the state of the Agile reports over the past four or five years, leadership has actually been recognized as one of the key challenges. And it keeps appearing in every uh, state of the Agile report. But the good news is, as, as, you, as you look through, you find that that challenge is then again an opportunity. And you find that that percentage is kind of reduced, for example, from maybe 60% where people will say that they felt that leadership involvement was quite um, minimal. It, it does come down to almost 39 to 40%, So, which sees which tends to bring out the concept that actually leadership is getting involved. And I'm going to speak locally. Um, for obvious reason. I want to mention my organization, how we're doing it. Uh, but I'll cite Safaricom because, okay, I don't work in Safaricom, so either way. So, But you can actually <clears throat> see um, the successes in how they roll out the product is because of uh, centered leadership. And when you talk about agile adoption, it then goes to which style of agile actually works for you. So we look at the basics. For example, um, you have uh, an organization of made up of small teams that are Uh, focused on a common goal so you have you have squads squads that make up again uh tribes tribes after after tribes you have guilds right and each of those have leaders so squad leaders have their own meetings the guild leaders have their own meeting which again are guided by a particular uh, objective so at that particular point you find that there's a level at which the leadership again is involved so i think there is a change uh because obviously if you go in some of these meetings if you're a if you are, let's say, a consultant, you'll always hear top leadership asking, okay, how how best can I immerse myself or how best can I help to be able to become effective and to make agile work? But now I'm going to kind of um, r- change, change the conversation a bit. And we're going to look at, um, you know, I think we're going to look at how, best then because if you're going to look at if you're going to talk about success of agile in 2023 then we have to go back to the tenants you know and when you talk about the tenants of agile it's not about the practices because the practices are just but one but small component of it we go back to how then can i as a consultant agilist in this sense make could be an Agile coach, could be a Scrum Master. And if you look at some of these job descriptions on LinkedIn, when it comes to uh, Agile roles within organization, one of the key things that they always put out there is that we need you to help us set Agile practice within the organization. So there's a big or a huge burden to some of these roles like as a Scrum Master, And as an agile coach, there's a huge burden that, you know, comes down to you to help, you know, um, embed those practices. And I think that is where we need to go into right uh, next, because I think one of the key things, um, if you're going to be a successful agile practitioner, then I think it has to begin with understanding of the different frameworks that are available out there. And to be able to distinguish them and then to be able to, you know, make conscious decisions as a team, as an organization on which one to begin. But I I don't know, uh, Richie, setting up, to set up an agile practice within an organization, where do you begin? How do you start off?
1: I would start from the other end of the the rope, which is uh, before we go into practices, we need to understand the people. That we are working in, because it's very, the, the 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 whether agile sticks or not is very dependent on the human element. So before we even talk about practices, the frameworks, whatever it is, I think it's it's more of a human change management problem that we need to address, because at the core of it, we need to get people in the right mindset. And I've, I've found this practice really helpful where people are asked, what what does Agile mean to you? Uh, create an environment where people can honestly answer that question. Some people would say this means I lose my job because I was a guy who used to maintain the project reports. Uh, so then you're able to then debunk certain ideas that people may have as to how Agile affects them or the implications it has for them and also for them to learn uh, how it may benefit them or how it benefits the organization in the long run and the roles that they can play, be it changed roles. Um, and once people embrace it at a personal level, the rest is easy. It's, uh, In my opinion, it's easier to learn the framework once you have buy-in and as to what the value the framework brings to you. And it goes back to my earlier point, which is people can then take liberties with hacking whatever they learn, to try and customize it to their specific context uh, because that's the only way they'll find it to stick. In fact, they'll flag out certain things as impossible to to be functional in specific uh, use cases because they are industry experts. They, they are knowledge experts in that particular domain in which they work. They'll be very, It would come easily to them to find out what would work, what would not work, and then it can drive up adoption.
0: I think for me, um, when setting up an agile practice within an organization, um, the biggest, I think for me, and it's always been uh, the starting point, is to be able to understand the why, you know? Why are we doing this? Why has the organization decided to embrace this kind of mindset? And um, at the core of it, as you do so, you have to be able to recognize some of the things that will blindside you. And one of them will be culture. And basically, if you talk about agile adoption is basically it's for me over the years, I've, I've come to understand it and I can summarize it. It's a cultural shift within the organization. Now, it's a cultural shift in terms of it's going to touch interaction in terms of interactions in terms of people, uh, processes, uh, products, um, tech, and any other building block or enabler. It's going to touch literally everything. So when you think about agile adoption, think about it as beginning a change, a lifestyle change. Right? You want to move away from where you've been used to, you know, fast foods. You've been used to instant foods, microwave foods, like KFC. You know, you go to canned chicken, you quickly, quickly. Cook. And you want to move to where you can be able to eat uh, viazis, beans, jahis, you know, things like that. And it's, not, it's going to be very, very painful because I even when I try to even change that shift with my, with my sons when it comes to proper well eating, it takes time. It's like, again, it's like adopting a fitness journey. If you've not been fit for the longest time in your life and you want to begin a fitness journey, it's going to be very painful. So you can decide, uh, I want to adopt a fitness journey by one beginning, maybe playing tennis, playing football, swimming, doing aerobics, weightlifting. There are a plethora of fitness activities that you can begin, right? And now that then Speaks to the different frameworks, and then it comes to where I keep. And this is where sometimes when you have this conversation, I always tell people agile is not a methodology. Now, if it was a methodology, think about the process of making a hamburger. If you go to which is a which now basically every fast food today has a burger as part of its menu, right? Mm -hmm. And if you Test this, the burgers simply taste almost the same. If you go to Big Square, this tastes the same. If you go to Java, it tastes the same. If you go to At Cafe, it tastes the same. Reason being, the process of making the burger is almost the same. We, <laughs> we, we disagree. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, you disagree because you're yet to ad- to acquire a healthy taste. You know, mm. a healthy <laughs> <test. laughs> taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a healthy taste. So, me, let, it's let me... because, just a minute, it's because. Ah. You know, it goes through this process that, you know, if you want to make this of burger, then... Okay, let me take it... Okay, let, let, let me calm down a bit. The way... If you walk into Art Cafe today, the whole idea is if I take... If I order a cup of coffee at Upper Hill, that same cup of coffee should be able to taste the same if I go to Gigiri. You get it? So there's a process that has been defined and it works, right? Now, so anybody who comes in later follows the same process. The, same bar, the barrister who comes in after that will find the same process already there. So he has to adjust to that process. But when you think about agility, it's not, it's not the same. And it goes back sometimes when you think about um, what, if you, read, if you ever read the Scrum Guide, the Scrum Guide says, you know, Scrum is very simple, right? It's a lightweight framework and can be understood by everyone. But why, if Scrum is so simple, why is it so difficult to implement? You know, I think if you look at all the Agile frameworks, people don't think that Scrum is the simplest, right? But if it is so simple, why do organizations still grapple with implementation of Scrum? Because, again, the Scrum Guide does not really give you an A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, how to do, or how to implement Scrum, right? Right?
1: But isn't that intentional? Yes, and it shouldn't. Stay on the same so, p- so,
0: so, precisely. so precisely, so precisely. So you will have to
2: know what works for you, and you have to keep pivoting. Maybe now you can come in. Job, just a quick one. Adding on to what you are saying previously, leave the the whole hamburger thing. That it's it's a topic we're going to discuss physically <laughs> shortly. Yes, and experiment. But now, in regards to how to change the culture of any company, regardless, there's one thing that everyone needs to take into account and try, and that is purely experimentation. As you pointed out before with the whole fitness journey, you might be lifting weights, it works for you. I might be walking, it works for me. He might be, I don't know, doing yoga, it works for him. What, what do you want to achieve? If it's that agility, then that means every single team in every single department, in every single company, regardless, each team has to experiment and fully understand what works for them, what's their gist level. Then from there it's easy for them to say, we are agile on this. I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking about this because I've come out from a different, from different companies. Like uh, I'm from telco, gone to banking, gone to marketing, now I'm in logistics. The the whole gist seems the same because it's scrum. But trust you me, even now for the company I'm working for with my six different teams, they work independently, differently, as in their flavor is, is different. It's not the same thing. But the problem is many guys think we, agile is just chim- chiming things faster and that's it. But that's not it. You need to experiment till you reach to the point where you know you you you're at the at the peak.
1: Yeah, just to add on to that, the three pillars is <clears throat> transparency, inspection, and adaptation. Yeah. So adaptation is exactly what uh, Dennis has just talked about. The fact that you should be able to adapt it to your context. And I think that's what's forgotten. People think, okay, because it's a guide. Yeah, you follow the guide, and you'll get to the destination that is promised. And that's why they say scrum is difficult to master because you have to then understand your context and apply it to your unique context. And this context is changing; it's never in a particular stasis because organizations uh, are always in a in a situation where that the the, the 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 environment is changing. This year you're making profits. Next year. You have a competitor who is disrupting you. Uh, doesn't mean you throw out the, the, the whole framework because that's, that seems not to be working. You're supposed to adapt it to your circumstances. Um, and uh, I sorry, you, you, you uh, food is one of my pet peeves. So when you picked <laughs> up that <laughs> that analogy, uh, I, not, not all burgers are the same, trust you me. The difference is in the party. <laughs>
0: Now, I really like, uh, we have five minutes before you go for a break, but I really like how you've brought in that conversation, and I want to pivot again. So we need to talk about experimentation. Experimentation implies you've already begun something, right? You're already doing something. So perhaps there's a coach there who is guiding the team on what to do. So he's quite big on that. Let, let's experiment, right? We need to pivot and experiment, right? But you have put the cat before the horse. And that's what I'm saying. At what, where do you start? So today, an organization, you know, decides we, we need to adopt Agile. Okay? So is it about experimentation? And and? But if you go to most of, they will tell you, everyone, every Tom, Dick, Harry, Alice you talk to will tell you, I've heard of Agile and I know how Agile works. Right? And, so the, the, the question that I'm, and where I began is, where do you begin the journey? So there are certain basic understandings that you begin with. And as we go on to a break for five minutes, the, uh, then we come back in the next five minutes, then we come back. Um, the next session, I think we need to focus on how do you begin that journey, right? So, Having an understanding of the different frameworks, and I'm big on Scrum. So one thing I know is that, don't know that the basic one I know, but it's the basic, you know, Scrum uh, focuses, you know, is big on uh, organizing people into small teams, right? Self-organizing team, um, self-organizing, self-managing, uh, roles are flat, you know, things like that. Okay? Leadership is not hierarchical. Okay, people are allowed uh, decision making is within the team. It's an empowered team, self organizing, so you're empowered to make your own decisions, things like that. But before you get there, there's a place where you begin. Okay, and I think as we go on to the break, and that is where we need to focus where do you begin? While a lot of conversations are on the practices, like you know, backlog, you know, time boxed sprints there is very or minimal conversation on where do you begin, okay? And that is where I think we need to start off. It is good to experiment, you know, pivot, fail, learn. But again, put into, into mind, today if you are to be invited to an interview, let's say to a big, 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 big bank, right? Yeah. The CEO has limited time. He has, he or she has, um, shareholder's, that he's accountable to. Shareholders were paid three shillings this year per share. Next year, they want six shillings. Both. They have no patience and time to let you... So to experiment, No, in your own words. Okay. So you have to be very tactical. And um, your latitude to take in a lot of... Uh, how in the best English possible word... Um, garbage right has to be there and to accommodate it you know like you have to like be this sponge like you know when you you just absorb things and absorb things and absorb things so i think that is where we need to begin as we go on break so we're going to be back in um five minutes and we'll go to look for burgers